Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 118 of the Greenlight Podcast, POC, E-Phrase. And I got to be honest, this is a big one. This is a big... We've been we've been working on this for months. Uh, without further ado, we are joined by the head men's basketball coach of Ohio, the State University, <laughs> Jeff Bowles. Welcome to the Greenlight, Coach. We really appreciate it, man. I uh, appreciate it. Honored to be on uh, number 118, man. Like that's long, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> long time, first time. We love it. Um, all right. Before we get into anything, and you know, once this comes out, we'll make a video so people can actually watch it. But whose idea was it to dress up as the player and just scare the shit out of everybody? Because that was fantastic. That was your idea. <laughs> you know, my favorite part, my favorite part about all that, and then you got to get into it, was like three people said, is that Bulls? Is that both like they knew? Like they were like, I bet you it's him. Well, so sitting in my office, you can see out in that little rotunda area, and the women's mannequins are sitting there. And I catch myself often, like, you know, glancing, like it's kind of spooky. It's a little weird. Yeah. And last Monday, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I should dress up like a mannequin for Halloween and scare people. So Tuesday, I looked for those morph suits and I found a perfect match. It was like a dark gray morph suit, but it was going to be like four to six business days. And I couldn't, I wanted to do it on Friday. So I found a light gray one on Amazon on that uh, would be there by Thursday. So I ordered it, came Thursday night, put it on. I'm like, this is perfect. And I uh, told Mike Chief Clue, I said, we need to get some cameras ready. And ironically, I'm about the same size as those mannequins. <laughs> they're, they're a little more ripped than I am. You ever, you ever worn a morph suit? I've not. I don't. I'm kind of scared of what that could. Yeah, end up. Yeah, I'm not like. sure that would that would uh, bode well for my confidence. Yeah, so it's a little warm. You know, my nose is a little pressed down, and um, you know, we had about an hour time frame, and I, we're we're trying to get guys to come in and watch film because they didn't lift on that Friday, so. You know, we kind of set it up, had one of our managers, GA, uh, sitting up front. And as soon as a guy walked through the door, be like, hey, what's up, Paul? So I knew Paul was coming through, you know, whoever it was. And um, it turned out really good. Where did you guys put the camera? How did they not see it? Was it up? So there was a little GoPro right where the uh, conference room is. And then there was another one where the women's uh, basketball office up top. You know, it was, it was kind of dark. And uh, so guys would walk through, and um, you know, we got it pretty good. The, the one thing that didn't come out on the video that I wanted to at the very end, uh, you ever watched Scooby Doo? Like, yeah, of course. Mr. Machine. Oh, they reveal, oh yeah. They yep. reveal the, the person who's <laughs> underneath the hood. Yeah. So, so at the very end, I lifted the hood up and looked right in the camera, and I'm like, gotcha. And, <laughs> 
I was kind of hoping they'd throw it in there, but they didn't. I mean, that has to be uh, – I mean, I don't know who cut it. I don't want to assume Mike did, but that has to be the best video that we're going to cut all year. I mean, putting that together, that had to be unbelievable. Love it. Yeah, it turned it turned out really good. That's um, amazing. Yeah, we, we did one last year uh, with a Nerf mini hoop and a Nerf ball. Were you trying to dunk on uh, people? Oh, no, I didn't try. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> we set them up pretty good, and that one went viral too. So it was it's all fun. You got to have some fun. I love it. Um, all right, before we get into basketball, we got one nostalgic question for you. Um, I think if you don't know that uh, Coach Bowles played at OU, you you will know by the end of this episode. But uh, what is one thing that when you went to school, you could bring back to campus right now that isn't there? Could be a bar, could be a restaurant, could be anything. A dining hall, could be an old building could be i mean whatever you got what was something that was at in athens in the 90s that is no longer there that you loved and would bring back all right this isn't what you're going to expect but i bring the paw back what is the what do you mean the logo oh wow okay i love well, it we, i saw they just added like these random kind of paws throughout campus but i know that's not what you're talking about yeah, that's what I'm talking. The paw, yeah, I'd bring it back as the logo. I mean, I'm a paw guy. Um, you know, the attack cat came in '95-6 uh, or '96-7, right when I was leaving. Okay. Um, you know, Tom Bay came in and kind of rebranded everything. But um, I'll tell you what, there, there's, you know, I mean, there was a Taco Bell that, that the Chipotle is now. Yep. Um, there was a great Chinese restaurant right above Jack Floral. Yeah. Uh, that Gary Trent and I used to always go to, you know, just there, there's, there's some, there's some things that, uh, you know, pro probably the best, the restaurant, there was a restaurant down in the station square, the, where the train station is, um, that I go to after every game, you know, but, uh, yeah, there's certain things, but the paw is probably one of them. I mean, Love we got to get a red, we, we got to get a retro Jersey here at some point, right? Be lovely. <laughs> no, that would be okay. that would be ideal. I, I think in the Rufus logo. I mean, it's pretty crazy to look back on all that. Um, and it's it, and there is so much history. But before kind of getting more into Ohio, I know we've talked a lot. And and for those that don't know your career, I'm being at at Ohio State from 2009 2016, we've talked probably half dozen times on the podcast that Coach Mata might have one of the most successful coaching trees and really in all of college basketball. And so. I'm curious how close you are, whether it's with the guys that were on staff while you were there over that time, or even those that maybe like a coach gross or Archie Miller, or Sean Miller, that, that worked under him, how close are you all as a coaching tree or as um, th those of you that have worked under, uh, un under coach Mata? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you look at all those guys, gross, Archie, Sean, um, you know, Dave Dickerson, Greg Paulus, Chris Gent, you know, I, I know John and I know Archie and, and those other guys, Sean, but I work with uh, Chris Gent, you know, Dave Dickerson, Greg Paulus, um, and, you know, just really good guys. And the the way I got to Ohio State was kind of luck. You know, I guess, you know, in any profession, especially coaching, a lot of times it's opportunity, luck, right place, right time. And, you know, he, I didn't know Thad when he hired me. And I was, I think, the second person he'd ever hired that he didn't know. And wow. he didn't have any Ohio guys on his staff and needed wanted somebody. I was at Akron at the time. And I think we had won 
you know, 25, 26, 20, you know, four wins, three years. We just signed a kid top 35 in the country, Zeke Marshall. Yeah. And, um, you know, Archie left to go with his brother, Sean, to Arizona. And, you know, I think just timing wise, it worked out really good. And, you know, working for Thad, you know, you, you didn't really work for him. You worked with him. He was very empowering, you know, gave you a lot of uh, responsibility, helped prepare you for a head coach. And, uh, you know, it was almost like a doctorate, you know, just those seven years being with him. Was it was it a quick interview? I mean, what was that process like? You know, it was kind of funny. So I was recruiting this kid, Adrian Payne, who ended up going to Michigan yep. State. Yeah. And one of his assistant coach, coaches worked for the FBI. So every time he called me, it was an unknown caller ID. So I was talking to him on the phone one time, and I can't remember who I was, you know, I was talking to, but I was writing a letter to him and say, I was talking to you, Paul. And I, I'm like, I wrote his name, Paul you know, Johnson. Well, his last name was Johnson, but his first name wasn't Paul, but I was talking to Paul and I just wrote it out. So I put it in the uh, mail and I caught myself and I called him and I apologized to him. I said, Hey, you're, you're going to get a letter from me. I want to apologize. I was talking to somebody on the phone. I wrote their name down. And he's like, Hey, no big deal. You know, he was a great guy. Well, Easter Sunday, I'm driving from uh, Akron down to my parents' house in Magnolia, and I get this unknown call. And I, I only get one unknown call, and it's, you know, this coach. Um, so I answer it, and he's like, Jeff. I'm like, yeah. He goes, this is uh, Thad Mata at Ohio State. So I'm like, hey, coach, how you doing? Like, literally for a minute, I thought it was this guy, David, you know, pranking me. You know, saying he was somebody different because that's the only unknown call I got. After a minute, I'm like, "This is Thad Mata." Like, no. So he's like, "Hey, I lost an assistant coach. You know, Archie Miller's going with his brother Sean. You know, want to know if you'd be interested?" And so we talked for about 35 minutes, and he's like, "Hey, it's Easter Sunday. I know you got some family stuff. I do too. Let's reconnect tonight." I end up going down to his house, uh, interviewing with him. Uh, eight o'clock Monday night. And it really wasn't an interview. It was more like, here's how we do things. Here's what the expectations are. And I left. And he's like, Hey, I'll be giving you a call next couple of days. Well, I'm walking in the dentist's office Tuesday afternoon, literally getting ready to sit in the dentist chair. I get another unknown call. And uh, it was bad again. And he's like, Hey, can you meet me in Mansfield? It's like halfway in between Akron and Columbus. Hmm. I'm like, yes. So I literally get me him, out of the chair. Get me out of the chair. I'm out of the chair. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like no one wants to go anywhere, right? No. <laughs> so I tell the dentist, like, look, I got a mercy. I got to go. So I really, I, I run home, I shave, I change, and I go meet him in a Cracker Barrel off of 71. Uh, we sit in the back booth, you know, 15 minute conversation. He offers me the job and I accepted it. That's pretty quick. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, it was mind-boggling. And, you know, what a lot of people don't know, a week before that, I'd taken a Xavier job. Chris Mack, when Sean left to go to Arizona, Chris called me and offered me a job, and I told him I'd do it. But he wasn't going to officially get the job till later. So I, I literally took the Xavier job for about four days. Wow. And then, and then Thad called me, and, and uh, yeah, it was a bizarre week. It's crazy how that works. I know one of the things you brought up earlier, and I wanted to – add this in is you, you talk about recruiting the state of Ohio and I, I obviously the majority of your coaching career has been in Ohio. The one thing I didn't realize until I was looking into some of the rosters, of the guys you played with, I think it was 
three out of the four teams you played on at Ohio, everyone was from the state of Ohio except for two guys. Was that was that a Larry Hunter priority just to recruit the state of Ohio, or what? What? How did how how talented was the state at that time that you're able to send assemble such good teams from all Ohio guys for the most part? Yeah, I think you know Larry obviously he was a Wittenberg for a long time. Um, you know, had a lot of connections in the state of Ohio and, you know, the assistant coaches when I played were David Greer, uh, who played at Bowling Green, one of the best point guards ever to play at Bowling Green from Camp McKinley High School. Uh, he was a longtime Division II head coach at Wayne State. Bill Brown was there. Um, you know, Bill ended up leaving Ohio and I actually replaced him and uh, became the head coach at Wittenberg. So Larry, Larry had a, and his assistant had a ton of ties with Ohio high schools. And, um, you know, I think back then you, you didn't really have the internet, right? So <laughs> you, you didn't know what was out there as much as it is today. You know, it's completely different, you know, recruiting uh, today than it is, you know, 30 years ago. And, um, you know, it just, you know, you want to recruit geography, right? Three, four hours away from campus. And if you get a kid to campus, you two well know. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful campuses in the whole country. Really is. And anytime we get a kid to campus, we feel good about our chances. No, no doubt. And I think, I mean, that's po both Paul and I, especially being out of state kids that were just going as regular students. I, 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 being quite frank, I don't even know if I've talked to on this pod, but as a regular student, I think it was like fourth or fifth on my list. As soon as I got to campus, I mean, I, that was, I, I committed basically on the spot. And it really does. It's such that's, a special place. This, this story will put it in perspective. So, I, I had family out in Arizona, so I went to Arizona State and visited, and that was it. I was done. I was like, oh, my God, this place is unbelievable. This is ridiculous. They got palm trees in the middle of their campus. They got pools on the top of their dorms. I mean, it was like not even real life. Thank God I didn't go. I don't even know if I'd have a degree. But anyway, I was done. I bought gear. I had a hoodie. I was coming back east, and I was telling everybody I'm going to Arizona State. My dad was like, hey, we got to go to OU. Let's stop. You know, you applied, let's stop and let's see. It rained for the two days we were there. And I still, I still was like, nah, this is it. This is that. it. You know what I mean? Like it can't, it was cold, rainy. And we were still walking around like, this is different. This looks like, I always say the best, the best way I could describe it is if you were going to film a movie and you were like, okay, we need a college. This is where you would film it. You would film it at OU, nowhere else. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I mean, that's why I tell kids and their parents, like, th this is college, right? Yeah. When, yeah. when you get on campus and uh, just got a great feel, great vibe, great people, and there's nothing like it. No, it's special. And while I was there, I think, Paul, you already gone at this point, and I'm curious because it's about 11 years ago. So it have been October 2011, and it's crazy how it kind of comes full circle. You know, an Ohio Bobcat team traveled to Columbus. We had a secret scrimmage against Ohio State. And those teams ended up having two really good seasons. And Ohio, we ended up going to the Sweet 16. Your Ohio State team went to the Final Four. What do you remember about that scrimmage? And did you know, really, either team, look at that, there were two really talented teams that were going to have a couple of really good seasons? Yeah, I don't remember what the score was. But, you know, you, you could tell the talent level, you know, um, with, with what you know, DJ was doing and, and you know, just his talent level. And, you know, ironically – um, you know, they end up playing Michigan and, you know, so I, I called Dustin. I'm like, Hey, look, this is what you gotta do. You gotta do this, 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 these three things. Yep. And, you know, I watched the game and, 
know, not that I had anything to do with it, but just you could tell the confidence level um, of what they were doing. And, you know, when you get to the tournament, it's luck, it's draw, it's matchups. And, you know, like when we played Virginia, I felt like we had the best player on the floor in Jason Preston. So anytime you have that, you know, type of talent, you got a chance. And uh, DJ Cooper was was one of those guys where anytime he was on the floor, he was probably the best player pretty much the majority of every game. Yeah. I yeah, and I, I think to A, when I look back on it personally, I think that scrimmage against the Ohio State team with Aaron Kraft and Jared Sollinger and the talent that you guys had at that time, that gave us so much confidence going into the season. And then we play Louisville around Thanksgiving, take them absolutely the wire. They said, Hey, we can play with anybody. And it really does. It it does make, it makes such a massive difference. I think going into it and, and, and obviously having the talent that we had with DJ and Walt and some of those guys, but it definitely instilled a ton of confidence. Um, no doubt. So coach, we want to talk about after your playing career ended, you know, you've had, a ton of different stops, you know, Charleston, Marshall, Robert Morris, Akron, Ohio State, and then obviously OU. Before OU, you know, you take the Stony Brook job. What was the adjustment like branching out and moving out of the Midwest from a personal perspective and then a recruiting perspective? Like, did you still want to have that Midwest pipeline or do you say, hey, look, there's a lot of good players here. Let's just stay. Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. And, and you know, go back to my senior year. We were 16-4, and four, number one in the league. I think we had about 12 NBA scouts at our game, Eastern Michigan, at Eastern Michigan. They were loaded. Um, obviously, they were there to see Gary Trent, not me. But I'm like, this is my shot, right? I kept on joking. And that, that's when I tore my ACL for the third time and ended my career, 20 games into my senior year. And, you know, I was a biology major. I didn't. I didn't plan on coaching. I want to be a physical therapist. And at the end of the year, we lost an assistant. Coach Hunter asked me if I'd be interested in coaching. And when I started coaching, you know, my first year at OU, I made $6,000 and, you know, it was really like a GA, but it was the restricted earnings coach at the time. And um, then I went to University of Charleston. And after about year four or five, I realized I kind of wanted to do this as a profession. You know, I love what I was doing. You know, when you get out of it, you miss the competitive side of it, you know, the locker room, the people, and, you know, it's fulfilling, you know, when you stop playing, uh, the competing. And then, you know, once you understand why you do what you do, and at first I didn't really understand why I was doing it. You know, I was chasing money, chasing levels. And, you know, once you understand the impact you can have on young men and see them grow as people, you know, it's it's a really cool thing. Um so going through Ohio State, that always told me don't leave for a bad job. You know, there were some, you know, Mac schools and some other, you know, geographical Midwest or mid-major schools that called. But he's always like, you know, look at the budget, look at the history, look at the facilities. If it's top three in the league, yeah. you know, you're going to have a chance. You know, don't leave for a bad job. So I didn't know much about Stony Brook at all. Uh, we lost to Florida in the NIT. And... I got a phone call uh, in Washington, D.C. if I'd be interested in interviewing for Stony Brook. And I'm like, sure, I had no idea. Once I started looking into it, it was intriguing. Uh, end up getting the job. And, you know, like you said, I, you you go out of your wheelhouse, right? You, you go from the Midwest to the East Coast, and it's different. You know, I remember I opened the door for somebody out there one time, and they're like, you're not from here, are you? I'm like, <laughs> how'd you know? Like, 
nobody on the East Coast opens doors. Like you, you must be from the Midwest. But but I love Long Island. Um, I love Stony Brook, and it's it is different. Like the the thought of who I was going to hire if I got the OU or a Mac job was different, right? Yeah, Just from yeah. the recruiting base. And I remember going to AAU tournaments like in July. You don't know anybody. You know, yeah. you got all the MAAC schools, the Big E schools, the A10. You got a completely different group of coaches that you're seeing in different AAU teams. And, you know, like anything, it's relationship driven. Um, you know, I hired a guy who worked at the Hoop Group, which the Hoop Group on the East Coast is everything. Yep. yep. He knew everybody, and he's like, "Hey, you got to know Mooch, you got to know Munch, and you got to know Gooch." Gotta. <laughs> so I got to know Munch, Gooch, and Mooch, and you know, it was like, you know, once you spend time with them, build relationships, and then uh, you know, luckily for me, you know, Gino Ford had got fired at Bradley, took a year off, was doing TV, lived in Florida, and then when I got the job, he came up as an assistant with me. And, uh, you know, Gino was in my wedding. We played together. I coached him for a year. And just the familiarity of, of him and him being a head coach before, he really, really helped me out in the three years that I was there. Um, but it was completely different, you know, just leaving Midwest and going to the East Coast. Yeah. And, and it's, it is interesting, I mean, how, how much of an adjustment that is. Because it's – you see especially – whether it's geographically, whether it's level, I mean, there's going to be adjustment at any point, but especially I think Moot going to your first head coaching job. Um, and then obviously now coming to Ohio. And one of the big things that I looked at too, obviously there was a ton of turnover when you took over Ohio. I think it was nine kids uh, and then five the next year. And I'm not sure if you guys had a chance to do an international trip before now. I know that can be such a big molding opportunity to build a roster together, but tell us a little bit about the overseas trip you guys had this summer and really how important that can be to really propel a team forward. Yes, it's been kind of crazy. Like when I got the job, like you said, there was some turnover. We brought in seven new players that year, six high school and one grad transfer because the portal, you know, immediate eligibility wasn't available yet. But I, I think we've, we've signed like 24 kids or something crazy in the three years I've been here. And, you know, I think, the big thing for me, like I want to recruit high character kids, like guys who do the right thing on the court, off the court. We want guys who love the game of basketball, who want to be pros. And we want guys serious about earning their degree. And for us, non-negotiables are going to classes, non-negotiable attitude and effort level, which are three things, you know, the student athlete, young man can control. And I think, you know, just trying to build a program, um, you know, you want that foreign trip if you can because just to implement your style of play. And, you know, the first year we were picked 13th out 13th, I think we finished seventh and made it to the conference tournament for the first time, maybe two or three years. And we had the noon game and we're literally uh night before Rudy Gobert was in Utah jazz played at Cleveland a week before and all we talked about in morning shoot around that morning was Rudy Gobert being there and, you know, he tested positive and, you know, what was happening. So we go over to our game and I remember sitting there and we go to warm up and I'm in my little locker room area. And like two minutes later, the team runs back in. I'm thinking like, what, what are you guys doing? Like what's going on? And we had to take everyone's temperature and the team doctor had to sign off. You know, it was Dang. like, check the box. 
So then I was told we were going to play. The commissioner was going to come out at uh, like 11.45. It got delayed a little bit because everyone, you know, we had to find a thermometer to do the temperatures. So then it was going to be a uh, 12.45 tip, and the commissioner was going to come out and say, hey, here's what we're doing. We're doing this, this, and this. We're playing the tournament. Well, between like 12.45 and 1, you know, the Big East canceled, the ACC yep. canceled, and it was like boom, boom, boom. And uh, I think the Big East might have had somebody cancel at halftime in, in Madison. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, the Big East was the last one to go, right? They they were like, ah, we'll play. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, and uh, I remember them, them telling me, like, hey, we're canceling the tournament. And our guys were out there warming up. So I went out and told our team. And, you know, we felt really good and confident. We were playing Akron, who was the one seed. And I let our guys play, like, 10 minutes of pickup, you know, on Cleveland Cavaliers floor. You know, just a memory. We hadn't oh, been there in a while. Um, I think Russ Eisenstein's doing play-by-play for those 10 minutes. <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm telling my guys, hey, see you in like two or three weeks. And two or three weeks turned into like three or four months. And it was just a crazy time. And, uh, you know, we were going to try to go to a Bahama trip, but COVID was still in play. And then we were able to, you know, thankfully go on the Spain trip. You know, it worked out really, really good from chemistry, memories, you know, 10 practices, you know, a lot of new guys. So it worked out really well. Man, it's kind of hard. It's really only been two and a half years, but it's hard to remember that week and how the world shut down. I mean, we we make the joke. I was at the Big East tournament Thursday. I think the world shut down Friday or Saturday, basically. Friday. Yeah, yeah, Friday. And we I was there Thursday night, sold out, packed, yeah. right? We didn't know yet, right? Like we didn't think, and then, and then, Maybe I shouldn't even be saying, well, at this point, whatever. I mean, you know, we went out, right? Like, we went to the Big East Tournament. We went out that night. Friday, I wake up, and my wife goes to work. And um, we, I didn't, I wasn't going in that day for whatever reason. And at noon, I literally texted her. I was like, I think I'm going to go to the gym. Like, try and sweat, sweat it out a little bit. And she was telling me, like, do not go to the gym. We're shutting the office. We're coming home. And then that was it. Like, truly, like, Friday, whatever it was. I mean, glued to the TV. I mean, it's going to be... That's going to be a crazy thing to tell our kids, your grandkids, like, my God. Yeah, I mean, we were on spring break that next week, and yeah. they end up extending the spring break for two weeks to figure out what, you know, they're going to do. And then next thing you know, it was like, hey, we're canceling class. Yeah, it was crazy. Nuts. Um, all right, well, let's go to happier times. Let's go to 2021. Uh, and you know, if I know, you know, uh, Ian coach, um, he's a UVA fan, but he was wearing, I don't, all, I don't know if he knows that though. He, well, now, you know, he's a UVA fan. Uh, but obviously he was there. Wait, let me set the table. Go ahead, go Paul, ahead, you go can ahead. say, I, I grew, so I grew up in Virginia fan. I went to every game until I was 18 until I became Ohio. And I said, I'll still cheer for Virginia against everyone except for Ohio. So I just wanted to be clear that I drove from Raleigh, North Carolina, to Bloomington, Indiana by myself. I stopped in Athens overnight. I went to the game wearing my Ohio jersey, wearing my Ohio hood. So I don't want Paul to get anything misconstrued that my allegiance is anywhere outside of my alma mater. But, no. and, and and it was, and by far, and you, know, you asked the question, Paul, but it, it just, it was, yeah, I could not have been happier. Could not, so. Yeah. I don't well, see any UVA stuff uh, behind you, so. We yeah. had, there's, we got a. There's there's some cropped angles here that we the, the magic uh, the magic of cinema in the in the in the zoom. Yeah, we're gonna cut out all the UVA stuff for this. Electric placement. The the what I want to talk. I mean, you know, the game was unbelievable. You guys played just fantastic. But 
you know, upsets happen, right? Like, you know, upsets happen every year. Like, what was the attitude in the locker room before the game? Were were they walking in like, we got this, we can do this, there's a possibility? Like, what what was the attitude? Well, let's go back. Let's go back to early February. You know, we, we ended up having, you know, we talked from day one, like at some point this is going to affect us, whether it's a different team, whether it's us. The biggest thing is how are we going to respond coming out of it? And I think we ended up, it was crazy. We went to Central Michigan, charter flu, and I took a kid up with us who's from that area who was in a boot, wasn't playing, and he ended up talking to a kid he grew up with after the game. We flew back, then we bus back. Well, we had to have like a, a bus seat, assi- you know, assignment in a plane. Like you had to sit the same place so you knew contact tracing who was where. So we had two different things we could have contact traced. Well, then we get a call the next day. Hey, so-and-so from Central tested positive. And then we're like, okay, he talked to him. Well, that night, you know, that kid studied with another kid for a business midterm with no mask on. And then he got contract traced and then so-and-so drove so-and-so. Well, it was like Friday positive, Saturday positive, to Sunday. And it was just like a wave. Yep. So we got shut down for like 21 days. We didn't do anything. God. We didn't practice. We didn't do film, nothing. And when we came out of that, we ended up playing – Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday that week, Akron without Jason Preston and Dwight Wilson. And we played Eastern Michigan and then we played Buffalo. And, you know, the third game in five days, we were zapped, you know, and Buffalo just drilled us. We beat Akron, we beat Eastern Michigan. So we had played three games in 36 days heading into the conference tournament. So I'm like, I don't know what to expect, right? We're rusty. You know, I just didn't know what to expect. Well, we ended up rolling through the MAC tournament. We led 117 out of 120 minutes, just dominant. Wild. And, you know, they part of the deal was we were going right from Cleveland to Indianapolis. So, you know, we win the game, do our deal. We couldn't celebrate with, you know, family, friends. Obviously, we didn't go back to Athens, which might have turned out to be a blessing in disguise that we didn't go back. And next morning we go right to Indianapolis and we're in a bubble. We're in, we're in the, you know, hotel and every team had their own floor. Every kid had their own room and we had to do a 24 hour quarantine. So I asked them, I said, Hey, can we watch the selection Sunday together as a team? And they're like, well, if you do do that, you got to test afterwards and then you got to wait another 24 hours. I'm like, I don't care. I want my guys to experience selection Sunday as a group seeing the name pop up on a screen because that's one of the memories I'll never forget yep. uh, when I played. So we ended up doing that and it was as good as I thought it was going to be. Our guys were going crazy. They're in there together. So we were literally in a bubble and going into the game, you know, they had had some question about their team. They had one kid test positive who was a bench role player and so they were doing workouts, but they weren't practicing that week. Yeah. And, you know, the national media is like, oh, they're not practicing. They're, you know, are they going to play? Is Louisville going to get in because Virginia can't make it? And I told our guys, I said, hey, look, 
we've been in this situation. Like we didn't do anything for 21 days and look what we did. We, you know, we came out, we, you know, won a couple games and one, I said, so don't, it doesn't matter. And so we were confident going in and, um, you know, knowing that they were really good, they're ACC champs, had a couple pros on their team. And, you know, we, we got off to, you know, good start, not a great start, you know, got down. And then we end up, you know, close at halftime. And then second half, we kind of controlled and, uh, you know, controlled a lot of second half. And towards the end of the game, they made a run at it. But our guys were very confident going into the game uh, that they could win. And like I said before, we felt we had the best player on the floor in Jason Preston. He almost had a triple-double. And the execution that our guys had down the stretch, Ben Roddick had a huge shot. You know, mm-hmm. Dwight Wilson had a dunk. Ben Vanderplas hit some deep threes. You know, everything we needed to happen happened the last five minutes. And, uh, you know, it was just surreal. Is Virginia one of the more unique – like, I, 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 I've never – I mean, I only coach for a cup of coffee, but, like, we had to scout against Syracuse. And I think the hardest thing is not necessarily, okay, how do you break down the zone? Like, you know, you can screen it. There's different ways you can do it. Um, but it's but it's practicing against it. We didn't have four, six, nine guys with seven-foot wingspans to practice against. So Virginia's defense is so tough. Like, how did you practice against that? How did you mimic it? Yeah, so you can't mimic it, right? Yeah. But you can emphasize and talk about it. Like, you knew there were going to be limited possessions. They're going to shorten the game down. So every possession is going to matter, right? You can't turn the ball over and you can't take a bad shot. Um, and, you know, having played against them before and, and knowing what they do, there's some things that you can do to hurt them based on how they guard because they're going to guard how they guard. And yeah. – they're going to hard hedge that ball screen. And, you know, it's like that one second gap when the guy's getting back to the five man that, you know, the guard's leaving. Um, they're going to lock and trail on these screens. So we we did a couple things and put some things in that we knew they were going to guard. Now you had to execute it. Yeah. And our guys did. And, you know, even offensively, right, they run that blocker mover and, you know, they're running pin down flare screen and everything's a read. If you yeah. go over, they're going to bump it. If you bump it, they're going to rescreen you. So we changed up how we guarded it. We didn't guard it the same every time. You know, we we did some different things, cut them, chased them, switched them. And then the way they they play, you know, they want you to help in the gap to get you off a flare screen. Well, we helped with our five-man in the gap, you know, instead of the flare screen guy. So we did some things differently, you know, defensively as well. But like I said, our guys executed to a T the last five minutes. So with – Season on the horizon. We've got exhibition here this week. First game uh, starting next week. You know, looking at the roster from graduation, from the transfer portal, a lot of new faces, a lot of guys that have have moved on, a lot of new guys that have come in. Talk to us a little bit about this year's team, where the guys have impressed you in the preseason, what you've seen from this team, and what you're looking um, for really for them developing as, as we kind of start into the year. Yeah, so we have, we have 15 guys on our roster, 13 scholarship kids, two walk-ons. And, um, you know, we brought in four, six, nine new players, uh, six freshmen, three transfers, two of the freshmen are walk-ons. Uh, we have three kids who really played last year that came back. Uh, A.J. Clayton played about 10 minutes a game. Ben Roderick and Miles Brown. Then you had uh, Dwight Wilson, who sat out all last year. 
who came back, and then Illuminate Deladon and, and uh, IJ Azuma, who were on the team but didn't play a whole lot. And we brought three transfers in. Um, you know, all three have been really good. I've been impressed with uh, how they've adapted and adjusted. And then our four freshmen, uh, you know, they didn't have a normal freshman learning curve. We, you know, we, we're going to play them, and we needed them to be up to speed. That's where that Spain trip really helped, you know, just having those 10 practices. And, you know, we played three games against pros and age 23 to 35. And it was very valuable to have on film. And we watched a lot of film when we got back to campus. Um, but I, I, I love our guys. I love the makeup of them. Um, I think we've had like 25 practices and we might've had two average practices, which, you know, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I think, uh, Miles Brown, Ben Roderick, those guys have done a good job leadership. Um, you know, with all the new guys, Jalen Hunter's really stepped up in a leadership role, transfer from old dominion, uh, been playing at a high level for us. So I really like the makeup of our team. You know, there's still a lot of question marks once we get into actual gameplay, you know, we scrimmaged uh, Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. We got Capital on this Thursday, and then our first real game away game at Belmont. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to watch the journey of this team and the growth of this team, and kind of see where they go. But uh, I love them as you know, young men. Well, we're excited, Coach. I will. Uh, I'll definitely be seeing a game or two this year. I'm also excited for Delaware to return the favor next year. Um, You'll have to find the the guy who looks like Jesus on the sideline. I've been trying to get him to cut his hair for about five years, but I think it was all pandemic related. But my cousin coaches on uh, at Delaware, so that's going to be a fun one. Um, all right, we're going to get you out of here on uh, on two last ones, but these are just rapid fire. So you got to answer as fast as you possibly can. <laughs> Don't think about it. There is no wrong answer. Uh, whatever whatever comes to mind first is the correct answer. Okay. This first one actually is tough because it has five answers. Yeah, top five, top five players in OU history. Go, Gary Trent, Brandon Hunter, Jason Preston, DJ Cooper, and Jeff Bolt. No, I'm yeah, you got to. You have to. <laughs> you know, when 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 people introduce you and say this is this guy's the best screener I've ever seen, you know, <laughs> nobody gets introduced as the best screener. That's a good five. That's a good five. Um, all right, favorite rapper. Oh, number one, not even close, Biggie. Yeah, Ooh, okay. great answer. Uh, favorite or best basketball movie? Hoosiers. Ooh, okay. MJ or LeBron? LeBron. Favorite Twitter follow? Man, I like Twitter. I'm going to go Woj. Yep. Uh, favorite food while you were in Spain? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know what the restaurant was called, but it was unbelievable. The wine, the food, you know, those, those meals are like four hours long and they yeah, just keep no bringing joke. That food out. Yeah. And, and they uh, start late, don't they? Yeah. Like 10 o'clock at night. You know, it's, it's crazy. That's nuts. That's nuts. All right. Uh, absolute last question. We really appreciate you coming on. Um, we always give our guests the green light for a hot take. It can be, anything it can be basketball related it can be uh best player of all time related it can be food related travel related place related caught anything you want whatever hot take is bubbling up in coach bowls you now have the green light for it whatever you got 
the fact that only like 10% of plastic gets recycled. I'm with Did you, you just man. read that? I just read yes. that today. That is mind blowing to me. 10% of, of plastic gets recycled. I'm like, yeah, why do like, we, why do I have a whole separate recycling bin? I, I'm with you. Like I, I felt like there was a jingle. Like I was mind blown when I read that. Yeah. I mean, so is, I mean, the hot take is recycling isn't real. Which at this point, I don't even know if it is a hot take. It seems like we just found that out. Yeah, I was mind blown. I read that and then I saw you tweet about it. And I was mind blown by that. It's like, what the hell is going on? We got all these different bids. Um, all right, Coach, we appreciate it, man. This was well, awesome. You guys are the best. Appreciate uh, all you do for OU and appreciate the friendship we've uh, built. And uh, anything I can do for you, let me know. Absolutely. Thank you again, Coach. We'll talk with you soon. Good luck this year. And, uh, Go Bobcats as always. Right, see you guys. See ya. Lately I've been feeling like this is what I've been working towards. If you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for. Certain doors are closed, but now they opening up. Celebrating with some shots, maybe poke on a cup. Pull slush rustles up next, and I got this. Crazy like Britney and the love so toxic. Got a wall up, I'm trying to infiltrate a conscious. Taking 12 shots like where the cops is. Come on.